0: Welcome back if you're just joining us online. Uh, thank you for joining us today and for all those who are visiting, uh, welcome. It's a beautiful day in northern Minnesota and uh, we don't get too many of those so we enjoy it while we can. So it's an honor that on uh, this beautiful day you would join us. Well we are on our eighth week in our 10-week series that is going by now really fast and I honestly don't like it that is going fast because I've really enjoyed this series. I've enjoyed having the kid interaction and all the fun that we've had with it over the last few weeks. We've been covering the Ten Commandments, as many of you are very well aware, and uh, we're trying to make these Ten Commandments uh, something that all of us, no matter if we're super young or a little old, uh, we can all gain from it to practice in our personal everyday life. Now this week's commandment comes from Exodus 20, verse 15, where God simply says, "You must not steal. You must not Everybody steal." So we'll be looking at that today. And it's so good to have Sally and Bobby back. was the same without you last week, guys.
1: wrong sally
2: billy bob and them boys they already have the new ps5 and they get to play roblox all day long
1: that's like 700 dollars.
2: i know well it's crazy
1: well can we get did you have that if we could get one
2: yeah he said he doesn't have that kind of money or something like that
1: well how do you think we should get one done?
2: i don't you know what i bet if we talk to uncle Bubba. He'll help us get over there, and maybe we can just take theirs. I
1: don't think that's a good idea. You're not supposed to steal stuff. Hey, you have a birthday coming up. Sometimes you get stuff for your birthday. Maybe you could get one then, because I think Sophia's birthday is today. Sophia?
2: Our friend Sophia?
1: Yeah, our friend Sophia. It's her birthday today.
2: Happy birthday, Sophia.
1: Happy birthday. birthday.
2: (laughs) Okay. Okay. I guess maybe I'll try and be patient and see if I get one for my body. Maybe
1: we could do stuff like mow the lawn, wash dishes, feed the sheep, that kind of stuff, and get money to do that, and then we could go buy one once we earn enough money. Ooh,
2: that would be cool. We could buy it ourselves.
1: Yeah, and then we don't have to worry about the police and God knowing that we stole stuff.
2: Yeah, that's probably not good.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, okay. let's let's go think of some stuff to do, and
0: maybe that'll give us
1: some money for doing
0: stuff.
2: I, I think that's a good idea. Okay. Okay, Bobby, let's Bye.
0: go.
1: Whew.
0: I'm sure glad they uh, they got that straightened out. My goodness, we don't want the police involved. Oh. <laughs> oh my goodness. Stealing, not a good idea. So today, yes, we are looking at uh, this concept of stealing. However, it is more than just taking things. It is truly desiring things God created over the creator himself. And it is my ultimate goal today, to transform us into what our big idea states today. And our big idea is, I think a really good one, genius. It is not my idea, it's God's idea. But it says, I will be jealous for Jesus. So every time you hear this sound, Hey, what's the big idea? And say, I will be jealous for Jesus. Now, if you're just visiting us today, it's the first time you've been part of our service that's probably really weird and awkward and um, get used to it. It is a family service. It's, it's geared towards all ages and so we have a little fun in here. We, we liven it hey, up. We have some fun. What's the big idea? I guess you're supposed to stand on your feet again and say... I will be jealous for Jesus. All right. We will try to be semi-serious as well and actually make a point other than I will be jealous for Jesus, although it is a really good point. Um, so today to begin... I want to establish right away that much like our previous two messages, that being murder and adultery, as truly stealing is a thing of the heart. It's a heart issue. And again, Jesus addresses this in Matthew 6, 19 through 21. And he says, Do not accumulate for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But accumulate for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Here it is. For where your treasure is, what you value, there your heart will be also. So Jesus is making quite a powerful statement here. And it is this. That a person who desires things God created over the creator himself will end up with misplaced worship. It's misplaced worship, or as I like to call it, self-centered worship. Now I'm going to read a passage for you today from James chapter 4. And if you follow along in your Bible, it might seem a little different because I'm reading from a translation that I don't really read from a lot. It's called the Passion Translation. It's a fairly new one. It's very similar uh, to... Um, the infamous uh what's that one called again the message bible and uh it's a little different but i really love how he takes james in this passage and really brings it to life what we read so often it became comes almost i don't know just bounces off our ears and our hearts and we don't really receive it so a different translation today but listen to what uh, james says about this self-centered worship or selfishness which really is the heart of what stealing is all about. In verse 1 of chapter 4, we read, What is the cause of your conflicts and quarrels with each other? Doesn't the battle begin inside of you as you fight to have your own way and fulfill your own desires? You jealously want what others have, so you begin to see yourself as better than others. You scheme with envy and harm others to selfishly obtain what you crave. That's why you quarrel and fight. And all the time you don't obtain what you want because you don't ask God for it. And if you ask, you won't receive it for you're asking with corrupt motives, seeking only to fulfill your selfish desires. You have become spiritual adulterers who are having an affair, an unholy relationship with the world. Don't you know that flirting with the world's values places you at odds with God? Whoever chooses to be the world's friend makes himself God's enemy. Does the scripture mean nothing to you that says the spirit of God breathed into our hearts is a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of us? There's a lot in that passage in we could spend probably a couple of series just on that passage alone. I love the book of James. I know many people do because it's so practical. And from this passage, I I just love how truly selfishness is depicted so clear. He says that selfishness is jealously wanting what others have, so you begin to see yourself as better than others. It's self-focus. It's self-worship. Now, I realize that, most of you in here today probably aren't going to go down the road of being so jealous that you start stealing from others. Probably not. But I can guarantee you that each of us in here today will struggle with our own version of seeing ourselves better than others and feeling like they have that, so I, I deserve that as well. And in a couple of weeks, we'll talk more about what coveting is, but that's really going down the line of coveting. So we'll keep focused today on our topic. And so as this verse powerfully says, our selfishness, our, our desiring things, and seeing ourselves better than others leads us to become enemies of God. We become enemies of God when we view ourselves higher than Him or others created in His image, God desires that we are jealous for Him, not the things He created. Hey, what's the Let's big idea and say? I believe. I believe Jesus. Now please, if you can't stand and say, it, you can still join us and say it. I totally understand that Not everybody can stand up, but it's kind of part of it. It gets us up and moving and thinking clear. So what should we do if we find ourselves seeing ourselves as better than others? Now, so often when we we talk about things like this, like selfishness, we kind of make excuses, right? It's not that bad of a thing. It's 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 okay if I if I want something somebody else has and and I view myself better than others, it's not that big of a deal. Right. And so so often instead of dealing with it, we just kind of put it off on the shelf and pretend it doesn't exist. That's a a very Norwegian thing to do. Sorry for you Norwegianers out there. Maybe I'm just speaking of myself, but we pretend that it doesn't exist and we continue on in life. We're good enough. Everything's always good enough, right? We're good enough. But as this verse says, we become enemies of God. So the first thing that we must do is we must Admit we have a problem. We got to cross that barrier and say, "I'm selfish." (laughs) We're all selfish. We're all in the same boat. I'm selfish, and then we need to seek forgiveness. Uh, First John one nine says this so beautifully: "If we confess our sins to Jesus to God, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness." So when we admit and we seek that forgiveness from God, He will generously give it without holding anything back. He will forgive us. But not only does he free us from these effects of the sin or the wrong we have done, the selfishness that we we hold on to. I love, love, love what Romans 8.26 says. I I encourage you to write this verse down and, and put it up. It says, he will give us strength in our weakness. Hey, what's the big idea? Amen. Just think about that for a second. After we receive this forgiveness and the power of the Holy Spirit, we are immediately given everything we need to live a selfless life. We no longer have to live in this selfishness. And so because we have this holy spirit in us we now are to live like jesus which instead of selfishly holding on to what we have we give generously we become generous not just to others but first and foremost to god we live generously towards God. going back to james 4 in verse 5 we read does the scripture mean nothing to you that says the spirit that god breathed into our hearts is a jealous lover Who intensely, that's a good one, intensely desires to have more and more of us. That's what God wants. Hey! What's the big idea? Uh, Okay, stand up to your feet and say. You know, it's just everywhere in this message today. So I just want you to think about that for a while. Think of that passage. The Spirit of God breathe into our hearts, is a jealous lover. When you receive that gift of salvation, God instills in you the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit desires to have every single piece of you. Every single piece. Whether it's your work life, your home life, your sport life, your hobby life, your... Relaxation life, every piece of your life, He intensely desires to have. He wants you to be passionate for Him. And when we become passionate and jealous for Jesus, we become immediately passionate and generous towards others. And with that, we have our sword drill for today. And again, if you're just visiting us today, we do this little thing called a sword drill in kids' ministry, and it's so much fun. And Mrs. Tina always adds some variety to it, which I really appreciate, because I'm the old school guy who does things the same way all the time. And she comes in and helps us do it differently. So get your Bibles up. Mrs. Tina will tell you what to do.
2: I'm going to try not to throw these in-ears on the floor like I did once before. Well, so much for trying (laughs) Anyway, alright So if you have not done a sword draw with us before It is just a race to the verse in the Bible I'm going to give you a reference And then when the boys upstairs hit the music You can search through your Bible And try and be the first one to find the verse But when we start Typically you'd put your Bible on your head But in kids' church, we like to mix it up, just like Pastor Luke said. So, if you want to participate with us today, I'm going to ask you to put your Bible on your elbow. And then I will give you the uh, verse reference. And as soon as the boys start the music, you can go ahead and start looking. When you have it, yell, got it, and come up here. We'll ask you to read it for everybody. All right? So, our verse today is Philippians two. Verses three and four Philippians two verses three and four go ahead guys
1: my Sunday school teacher told
2: me boy you're gonna be a preacher that's why I got right, my bible screaming in your'm come on up here
0: Philippians two verses three and four you can keep looking we'll let the music play for a
1: while
2: Trying to get the birthday girl to come up here and do it. She's a master at sword drills. I know that from kids' church. All right, Miss Nicole's working her way up here. It's all right. I don't like shoes either. All right, Philippians 2, 3, and 4. Oh, my, I think I'm going to need glasses I lost my page when I was up here. There it is. Okay. This is really tiny, guys. Okay. Make an appointment to the eye doctor. Okay. So Philippians 2, 3 and 4. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Very good. Thank you, Miss Nicole. Thank
0: you, ladies. I, I don't think that it's your fault. It's, it's our Bibles. I think it's time for Nexus Church to get new Bibles because I've been told that before now. Many times our Bibles have very small print, and they are well-loved. Bibles, so it's probably good that we update them. So I will read that verse for you one more time. It's up on the screen. It says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You see, caring for others is at the heart of God. When we get ourselves filled with the Holy Spirit, it is a natural thing that from that spirit flows a love for others. We have to have that. That is something that comes naturally. And it, I love how A.W. Tozer put it. He said, when we have the Holy Spirit, we have all that is needed to be that all that God desires us to be. We have all that God desires us to be. And I want to just take a moment and say, Hey, what's the big idea? Not that, But you can still stand up on your feet and say, I will be for Jesus. Okay, don't worry. We're not done with it yet. So it's going to happen again. Um, so often I, I know I fall into this category and I, and I read the Bible. Especially paul's letters. I don't know if if you struggle with this as well, but I love paul's letters, right because they're so practical You know, he, he wrote to the churches that were struggling He wrote to people who were struggling and he gave them directions on how to live this life for jesus And so often I read these passages and i'm like They're really hard to follow There's a lot of things that we're not supposed to do and I make excuses for, oh, you know, I'm, I'm being sanctified. I'm not exactly perfect yet, right? Like, I'm in the process. But I don't believe that that's a good excuse. When we have the Holy Spirit in us, we have all that we need to be all that God desires us to be. Tozer said it perfectly. We have the Holy Spirit. And we make excuses for not living up to the standard that God has in His Word. We need to be jealous for Jesus. We need to be passionate for Him. And there's a great story in the Bible that we read of Zacchaeus, found in Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Again, I'm sorry if you're following with the Bibles under the chairs or on the tables, but squint really hard, I guess. And so Zacchaeus, you know, he was a guy who was despised he was a jewish person but he was also a, a tax collector or, or a person that wasn't really liked so he took money from the people the jewish people and he gave some to the government but he kept some for himself so what the government required from any everybody he took that amount but then there was a, a going right for his services if you will and so he collected more for himself he cheated he stole, but in this passage, he encounters Jesus and listened for the trends the, the, just the transformation that happens in his life when he experienced the love of God. And so Jesus entered Jericho in verse one and was passing through and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must say, stay at your house today. And so he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I will give to the poor. I'll give half of everything I have to the poor right now. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will restore it fourfold. It's crazy. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house since... He also is a son of Abraham for the son of God or son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Now, we don't know exactly when Zacchaeus had that that encounter of salvation. But we know somewhere in this this timeline, Zacchaeus understood the love of God and he received that salvation. And the moment he received that salvation and the Holy Spirit that would come in and fill him, he was changed. He was changed, and he immediately wanted to give back everything he possibly could because he realized the love of God is not selfish. It is generous towards God and towards others. All right, Liam, one more time. Did you fall asleep up there?
1: Hey,
0: what's the big idea? You one more time and say, I will be jealous for Jesus. He kept interrupting me, and I had to interrupt his sleep, I guess. Thank you, bud. So as the worship team comes back and we close our time with this, this time of reflection, this time at the altar, may I remind you of one simple thing. God is looking for progress, not perfection. Perfection. He understands where you're at today. He understands that we're all at different levels. He doesn't want you to be a perfect person. He wants you to have a heart for Him. That's jealous for Him. And wherever you come in that that place where you're at today, He's asking you to come where you're at in your life and be jealous for Him. You see, Max Lucado rightly said it he said god loves you just the way you are but he refuses to leave you that way and so today you don't have to remain stuck in this world of of self-centeredness of self-focus of selfishness it's never going to satisfy you there's always going to be somebody who has more there's always going to be new gadgets that are out there that are going to be screaming you need me you will never be satisfied You'll finally get to that place of promotion that you've worked for your whole life to get to that place. That career, that, that education. You'll get it. And you'll find out that that wasn't worth all the effort. And it doesn't satisfy you. The only life that will truly satisfy you is a life that is jealous for Jesus jealous for Jesus Wherever you're at today will you be jealous for Jesus Father, I pray for your people today And again, if they hear only one thing today It is your heart's desire that they would be jealous for you I understand that people in this world are are just there's so many things crashing down on us so many people telling us what to believe what to do there's only one thing that matters and that's what you say And you say that you would seek and save the one who is lost you would go after them. And your heart's desire is that we would go after you the same way. And we would run to you. Just like the prodigal son ran back to the father. We would run to you. And we would throw everything aside. The money. The stature. The power. The things. As we have come to understand in this time of, of a pandemic. And the world changing every minute of the day. We've come to understand one thing. This world will never satisfy us. Never. But you will. And when we come to you and we become on fire for you and we allow you to do what you desire to do in our lives, we let go of control. Oh, man. We find a true joy, a true purpose. And will life live for you? So I pray that, Father. your people today, whether they're watching online or they're here in person, God, that they would just come running to you and they would be jealous for Jesus.